0: What up, Player Profiler Faithful? It's your amigo, Matty Keyroom, and welcome to Episode 8 of The Game Plan, baby! I have a fantastic show in store for you today. I'll break down how to use the rest of season schedule to get a leg up on your fantasy league. Of course, we're going to go bargain bin hunting and look for some week eight cheap plays. And I have a homework assignment that will certainly help boost your fantasy squads and maybe even put to practice some of the things we talk about here on today's episode. But before we go into any further discussions, I want to talk to you all about the data analysis tool on playerprofiler.com. How do you think I do my fantasy football market watch, Twitter threads? Data analysis tool. How do you think I put together my show notes for this very show? The data analysis tool. When I'm trying to put together my trades in my own personal leagues, how do you think I go about it? I use the data analysis tool on playerprofiler.com, baby. It is the best place to bone up, to gear up, to prepare yourself for fantasy football. You want to know how who has the most money throws? Who has the most danger throws? You want to know what receiver is best against man coverage? You can find all that. And so, 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 so much more using the data analysis tool on PlayerProfile.com. So go to the website, get yourself signed up. You can use the data analysis tool. You can sign up for everything. We have an all-in package that includes the data analysis tool, the DFS Dominator, the world-famous draft kit, our rankings, and, again, so much more. So go over to playerprofiler.com, sign up for the data analysis tool today, and take your game planning to the next level people. The game plan is also brought to you today by Underdog Fantasy, but we'll talk a little bit more about that later. So before we dive into the first segment on today's show, we've got to go through the injury notes. We do it every week because it's the best way to game plan for your matchup in week eight. You got to know who's on the field, right, ladies and gents? So let's go to the negative side of this very discussion and talk about the people who missed practice late in the week. Just in time for Halloween, the New Orleans Ghosts, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, will not be seen on the field this Sunday. This next one's going to take a lot out of me because it is some big, big news. Jamar Chase, he is out for this week's matchup for Monday Night Football, but there is a good little tidbit here. Bengals said they will not place him on the IR, so he's not guaranteed to miss four games. Maybe it's less. We'll see because the initial report was four to six. Don't like that. But if you have Tyler Boyd, you have T. Higgins. You're firing him up. And if you got Jamar Chase, lo siento to all my listeners who have Jamar Chase. Debo Samuel, he has already been ruled out with a hammy injury. DK Metcalf is going to be a game time decision, but reports are that it would be a massive surprise if he plays. So if you play fantasy, you are probably relying on some of these high end wide receivers. Chase Samuel and Metcalf looks like none of them will suit up in week eight. Nico Collins. He is questionable, but not expected to suit up with that groin injury chuba hubbard he is out for this week's matchup his ankle is not going to allow him to get on the field so fire up the foreman he will be the lead back in carolina against the atlanta falcons zeke elliott is doubtful and the tony pollard community rejoices we've been waiting for this for years you've been sitting on him for years in dynasty but finally it could be tony pollard season against the bears there have been conflicting reports. First, he's going to miss multiple weeks. Then he said he's going to suit up. Then he said he's going to be out. But it seems as if he will miss week eight. So if you got Tony Pollard, get him in that lineup right now. Speaking of back nine running backs, James Conner is also ruled out with that rib injury. His teammate, Darrell Williams, will be a game-time decision. If he were to miss, it is Eno Sanity once again in week eight. Eight. Uh, if you have Eno you know, Benjamin and you don't know exactly what to do, I'm probably playing him regardless of Darrell uh Williams's is uh status because he looked good on Thursday night football, and I think he would be the lead back regardless, considering Williams isn't healthy for sure, and obviously Connor is out. So basically, uh, you're going with Eno you know, Benjamin, the worst person to fly with, Russell Wilson will play and is set to start in London, baby. Another quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. He is questionable with an ankle injury. He hasn't practiced all week. My vote is for Malik Willis. Let's get the rookie a start. I'd love to see what he has against the division opponent, Indianapolis Colts. David Njoku, his ankle has made him a questionable start. Uh, it looks like he's not going to play on Monday Night Football, and that would tell me you got to fire up Harrison. We're not going to get in that. We're going to talk about him a little bit more later in the show. And I usually don't speak about defensive players, (coughs) yuck, defensive players. But I am going to mention that A.J. Terrell, good cornerback for the Atlanta Falcons. He has been ruled out, and that just means it's D.J. Moore time on Sunday. Let's go. Let's move on to the limited practices later in the week. So we're going to talk about a bunch of Raiders here. Darren Waller and Devonte Adams, they're both going to go into the Sunday with that questionable tag, but both are expected to play. That's good news. Uh, Hayden Hurst, he's dealing with a groin injury that he's played pretty much the whole season through, but this ankle thing has just kind of sprouted up. So you got to monitor uh, what's happening today. They play on Monday, so the Saturday injury report does matter. So he's usable. Uh, if Jamar Chase is out, so I think it's it, he's worth monitoring because he could absolutely be a top ten play with Jamar Chase's vacated targets on Monday Night Football. So monitor Hayden Hurst, and if he's in and you need a tight end, you got Travis Kelsey, like I do in a couple of leagues. You're gonna need a replacement. Hayden Hurst is a pretty damn good one. Tyler Lockett is dealing with a rib injury and a hamstring and a hamstring injury. He is questionable. Another one that we need to monitor the rest of the weekend because this rib injury popped up on Friday. He didn't practice last week and still played with an ankle uh, with the hammy issue. But this new rib sting, you're going to have to monitor because we don't exactly know the extent of the injury. Now, if they miss DK and Tyler Lockett, you're going to have to play Marquise Goodwin all over the place, and maybe Noah Fant becomes a sneaky play if that were the case. Christian Watson, uh, the uh, Mr. LaFleur, the head coach, said he is cautiously optimistic about him playing after suffering that hamstring injury a few weeks ago. And Alan Lazard has been ruled out with the bum shoulder, so uh, if – watson's in they'll probably kind of ease him into things i doubt he gets a a lion's share a big big amount of the touches but if you've been if you've been stashing him in a deeper league then then you're excited to see him in and if you're not again you're excited to see rookies in he was drafted high i was very high on through the draft process so i do want to see him play i don't roster him anywhere but that's that's okay I i would like to see christian watson hit the field All right, let's move on to the guys who are full practice participants, the guys that we will definitely see on Sunday, the guys who are healthy and ready to rock. Back to the Raiders, back to Vegas, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, and Hunter Renfro all were removed from the injury report, which is good because their matchup against the Saints projects to be a pretty high-scoring one. And I like one of the players uh, in the bargain bin section, so more on that matchup momentarily. Daryl Henderson, he is ready to play in week eight. He had an illness throughout practice week, but he is ready to suit up and be the lead back for the Los Angeles Rams. Raheem Mostert and Jalen Waddle are both been removed from the injury report. This seems to be standard practice for the Dolphins over the last couple of weeks. Give the guys rest. Mostert's dealing with something on his knee and Waddle dealing with his shoulder, but they've both suited up on Sundays and they've both played well. So uh, if they're, you know, if you, if you've been rostering, you're excited that they're in and getting them off the injury port is just a nice brush of breath of fresh air, you know, going into Sunday. Brandon cooks his wrist and what I believe is trade rumors. He is questionable despite three full practices. This is going to be an annoying situation in week eight. Um, he hasn't been a massive a stud so far in fantasy. We're probably all kind of hoping he is traded to a high-end offense, uh, considering how consistent he's been over his career and the playmaking ability he can provide to, you know, an Aaron Rodgers or or something of that nature. So we are excited for him to get out there and play, but it looks like you're going to have to monitor up until game time because they're not going to screw up a trade. If they got something close, they're going to go ahead and bench him, uh, and then you're going to have to bench him in fantasy. So monitor the Brandon Cooks situation. T.J. Hawkinson and fellow tight end stud youngin Pat Framuth both have been cleared and removed and are ready to play on Sunday DeAndre Swift and Josh Reynolds will carry zero repeat that zero injury designation DeAndre's back and he's back for a juicy matchup with a potential shootout against the Dolphins don't be confused let me break this down you can't be confused it's very confusing I was confused I'm not super smart I'm not the brightest bulb in the drawer. I've mentioned that in a previous show. So I wasn't kind confused, but I, I got sorted out and I'm here to help you all today. Aman Ra is expected to play. Okay. He missed last week's game because of a, a concussion protocol. Not a concussion. He was not ruled to have a concussion. He was actually just in the protocol. Now they've kind of beefed up their protocols. They were truly trying to focus on, you know, the head safety of these players and, and rightfully so. So he has been questionable, even though. He's put in full practices, he's fully expected to play, and he doesn't even have a concussion. But because he's in the protocol, he's going to have to carry that that, in, uh, that questionable tag. Don't you worry. You want him in this absolute arena football-esque shootout potential in Miami at Detroit. So that is going to wrap up the injury news for today's show. Let's just keep this train rolling, baby. And we are going to talk today about how to take advantage of of your rest of season schedule, okay? So you can do this in a number of different ways. So how I'm going to break this down is uh, kind of talk about like an overview, kind of talk about just like the strategy in and of itself first, and then we'll kind of talk about some specific players that I like after looking at some of the, the you know, the rest of the season breakdown. So for me personally, I, I use the Football football Outsiders uh, DVOA, just get the overall overall a snapshot of how well these defenses have performed and what they could provide for the offense's rest of season. Uh, TJ Hernandez from 444, he actually just posted uh, a tweet about this this week, and this kind of what inspired the idea. Uh, So shout-out to you, Mr. Hernandez. But he was EPA per play. So you can use DVOA, EPA per play, Total points surrendered. However, you like to do it, you know that's your cup of tea to do, and that's your right to go about it. But I'm going to go with overall DVOA because, in my opinion, the snapshot of the defense's performance uh, can show the, the vulnerabilities uh, that we can take advantage of in fantasy football and get these guys. Whether you trade for them or maybe you hold on to a guy that hasn't been performing because his, um, his you know, his, his schedule has been tough, and it, it softens up, or or quite the opposite. That can also happen. So. Uh, what I did was I took all 32 teams and mapped out the rest of their season, so uh, weeks eight through 17. I left 18 off. If you are still, if your championship is in week 18 after the show, not right now, dial up the number. Your commissioner, do, 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 do. commissioner, I got a complaint. Why on God's green earth are we playing in week 18? Why is my fantasy championship coming down to some third-string quarterback in a backup wide receiver? No bueno. Next year, week 17, and hang up. Boom. That's how you do it. So we just did eight through 17, so 10 weeks. And after breaking it down, <clears throat> it was some interesting t- teams on top. So again, to reiterate, this is according to fantasy uh, football outsiders, uh, total defense DVOA. They do also break it down by pass or run. So you can get more specific, but for the sake of this exercise, I just want total defense in their DVOA. And as I look, you know, who has a good stretch rest of season, the Denver Broncos, the Los Angeles chargers. And, one of my favorites is the Buffalo Bills. Now I'm not a Bills fan; I am a Stefan Diggs fan, uh, but that's why I'm rocking the jersey. But it is encouraging to know that you have smashers on the Bills, and that if you roster them, their their rest of season outlook looks pretty, pretty, pretty damn good. So some of those are some of the good ones at the top of the list, and some at the bottom, the Green Bay Packers. And we are going to talk a little bit more about a few guys on the Packers uh, more later, in, in, you know, in a few in a few seconds. The Chiefs also have a tough remaining schedule, according to Total DVOA. Uh, but sometimes you just kind of have to roll the. You got to dance with the girl you brought, right? You don't want to switch it up. You got a Travis Kelsey. You got Pat Mahomes. Maybe you're excited about a Kadarius Tony trade that happened during the week. You're not getting too scared and, and moving off of those guys because a tough schedule. They can beat anybody. Uh, you could put a, a, a string of 11 Monstar-esque performers on defense and Pat Mahomes and company will put up them T- those points and in assuming will help you with your fantasy team. Another one at the bottom here is the Las Vegas Raiders. It's not looking good. They're going to up against some tough defenses down the stretch. Same could be said for Cleveland. Now the Cleveland aspect is interesting because they are getting a massive, massive boost just in a few weeks here. Obviously, Deshaun Watson becoming the signal caller of the Cleveland Browns is going to be nice for all the players involved. So am I panicking uh, a lot on the Cleveland offense because of their schedule? No, I'm not. If if a trade uh, pops up, sure, uh, I will take this into consideration, but I'm not running to the hills. I'm not too, too scared, despite the spooky time of year. I'm not going to be too scared about it because when you get a a quarterback upgrade like that midseason, even if it takes a week, or two to get him acclimated. You're going to be happy that you you have Amari Cooper or Donovan Peoples Jones and, and Nick Chubb and David Njoku. They're going to be great on this team. So you know, we're uh, looking at it here. Uh, there's a few teams that I'm looking to attack and, and looking to trade for players, like I mentioned, even in the the Denver Broncos, Chargers, Buffalo. Those those, those type of things that uh, type of teams that I would like to get in on. It, the thing about Buffalo too. Um, it's going to be tough. Obviously, the prices for the Buffalo Bills players are astronomically high. So, I would take this exercise, and the name I would go after on Buffalo, of course, I want Stephon. Of course, I want Stephon Diggs. Of course, I want Josh Allen. But if you can, if those prices are too high and you just can't, can't, can't reach them, can't make it happen, uh, pivot. You know, maybe a, a, a Gabe Davis can be had at a reasonable price, or an Isaiah McKenzie. That's somebody that I'm trying to target in, in, in my seasonal leagues, especially my deeper leagues, because with this juicy schedule coming up as they pound out teams, they're going to you know try to get other players involved in, and, and Isaiah McKenzie, is somebody we're going to talk about later. I like what he's doing so far or Dawson Knox, you know, he, he could see some touchdowns in bunches given the soft schedule. Uh, so cu- that that's something that I'm looking to p- exploit. there. something I'm looking to do for the Buffalo bills. So, That's what I, that's, that's the next size I would recommend doing is looking at rest of season DVOA. Like I said, there's other ways. There's many ways to skin the cat here. You can look at a few different factors and how to break it down. I went a total DVOA, and like I said, the top the top dogs here, the easiest rest of season schedule according to DVOA: Washington, Denver, Chargers, Buffalo, and Dallas. Bottom five is Green Bay, Kansas City, Cleveland, Vegas, and the Jets. So there's a lot there in the middle you can check out. Uh, I would recommend doing this, and if you want some tips, or if you want to uh, kind of hear more about what I can, uh, what I've discovered here through this exercise, just hit me up on Twitter at Matty Hueham or better yet, join the player profiler discord. It's on fire, people. The player profile discord is the best place to be if you like fantasy football. We're talking about fantasy football all day, every day, and it's great. So let's keep this train moving. And we're gonna talk about some specific players now using this this rest of season schedule. Um exercise on how who we should trade for, maybe who we should trade away from. Because it's not always about trading for players. It's sometimes getting out from underneath players at the right time, selling high, or maybe not even selling high, selling in a timely fashion can be so beneficial in fantasy sports. So the first guy I'd like to talk about here today is Cortland Sutton, wide receiver from the Denver Broncos. Um, I talked a lot about his analytical profile, his performance profile on the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Supermarket, and you can check that out at playaprofile.com. I recommend you do. Uh, But just talking schedule here, the Denver Broncos have a favorable schedule for not only total DVOA, but also the past DVOA. They're they're going against some soft, soft defenses uh, throughout the rest of the season, and that is something that I'm looking to exploit. And to get in on something like that, is it's great because um, when he, a player like like Sutton has had, uh, I think it's three rough weeks in a row or two rough weeks in a row, his price is at a value. So what I would recommend doing is either trying to make trades here and now, uh, but if you're a gambling type, if you're a gambling type, first of all, join the Discord. we got gambling tips in there too, betting bets all day long. But if you're the gambling type, Something th- my gut tells me the Jacksonville Jaguars matchup in London with this psychopath doing lunges up and down the airplane for eight hours. Something tells me that maybe Sutton doesn't have a massive breakout game. And if that happens, Denver's on a buy next week. And if let's say Sutton gets eleven fantasy points, we'll just throw that out there. It's a good game, not a great game. And then he's going into a buy. The person who rosters that 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 Cortland Sutton, this is presenting themselves with a great chance to buy. And then coming out of the gate, he sees three very favorable matchups out of the gate. A little bit of a tough one in Week 13. And then from 14 through 17, it's wheels up for this uh, offense, especially against opposing teams, passes, defenses. So Cortland Sutton uh, is a guy who now, looking through a seven weeks of a season, he's third in unrealized air yards uh, with 394. And he's got almost four foot three and a half point difference between expected fantasy points and actual fantasy points per game. And I've talked about that enough on the show. I'm not going to go into too deeply. I do more, like I said, in the, in the supermarket article that you should definitely check out, but this tells me regression is coming. And the last guy that I suggested you buy into because of regression was Juju Smith Schuster, who has put up damn near 50 points in this uh, over his last total two weeks. So this is kind of signaling the same way for Cortland Sutton. And, Because his price is low, you can either try to buy now, or like you said, if you're like I said, if I'm you're a gambling folk, you like to to see a little risk here. See what happens on Sunday. Could be a wonky game for for the Denver Broncos. And if something doesn't pop, that's going to present such a juicy buy window for a guy who has such a soft schedule. The next guy I'd like to talk about is Dak Prescott. So Dak came back last week and He didn't necessarily wow anybody. He didn't play terrible. He started off slow, but started to get his his groove back as the game went on. And uh, the Dallas Cowboys, again, it's another situation where the person who rosters Dak is probably not super excited for having him on his team right now. And they also have a tough matchup this week against the Chicago Bears. Matter of fact, according to playerprofiler.com's next game uh, box here, which is, again, if you're not using these tools that we provide at playerprofiler.com, you're simply not fantasying to your absolute ability. So, using the next game tab here on the player profiler page, Dak Prescott has got the 31st uh, matchup against quarterback. So, it's not great. So, it could be, again, a slower uh, game for. The, the the Cowboys against the, the Bears. And if that is the case, we are again looking at a situation where the Dallas Cowboys have a bye next week. So are you starting to see a pattern here? Good, great. Sit down, take notes, get ready to do it in your leagues. It's going to help you win. But then coming out of the bye, they got a little bit of a tough matchup in week 10, but weeks 11, 12. 13, 14, and 15 are as you uh, see. Very good, very soft uh, de- defenses uh, going against the pass. So Dak Prescott is looking to take absolute advantage. He'll have a he'll have a full receiving core, you know. Michael Gallup is back, Noah Brown's still playing well, and then he's got that boy C D Lamb, who's very good at catching the football. So I think Dak Prescott is poised for a great stretch here coming out of the bye. And Like I said, the guys, whoever, the guys or gals who are rostering Dak are probably not super excited to have done so. So the fact that he's there at a discount and couldn't even be at a better discount after this week, boom, make the move, make the switch. If you need a quarterback and two QBs, sure, it's going to be tougher, but that's another move to make and get in there, get yourself some Dak because coming out of the bye, he's going to be dangerous for fantasy. The next guys I want to talk about, this isn't just a single player, this is everyone on the roster is the Green Bay Packers. It's been a nightmare for them, and I don't see them waking up anytime soon. Uh, so if you got an Aaron Jones, he just come in, he just came off a great two-touchdown game, look to sell. And I'm not saying get rid of him, just cut him, just get nothing for him. But if you can get yourself a nice little asset here, rest of the season running back, or if you try to fill another te- another need on your team because maybe you've got some injuries, of course there are plenty to go around, I'm looking to move him. Aaron Jones in our seasonal rest of season ranks on playerprofile.com. We got him at running back 19. Uh, guys, I would absolutely trade him for because I think you could also get a little something, something on the top is a Miles Sanders, Ramondre Stevenson. If you can get it, somehow get to a place where you can trade Aaron Jones and a little extra piece for Travis Etienne or Kenneth Walker, I am all in. It's obviously going to be tougher in your dynasty formats. But this discussion is based primarily around seasonal drafts because it doesn't matter about the rest of season schedule and dynasty. There are a million different factors that to go into trades and acquisitions and strategies. So we're talking about seasonal leagues in, in, in particular here. And these are just some of the names that I would be willing to trade Aaron Jones, who's coming off a great game for. But if you have an Alan Lazard, it's going to be tough to trade him. He's hurt. You're probably just going to have to ride it out and hope for a good game and flip. Aaron Rodgers, I said last week he was one of my cut candidates. Just, you know, put him on a bus back to mommy. He should already be off your roster. He's lost to some real dog shit teams recently. I imagine the morale is super, super low. And with the trade deadline coming Tuesday, uh, this also presents a sell window for an Aaron Rodgers if you haven't moved on, or, uh, you know, that's probably, probably going to be it because if he, they bring in a receiver, like I'll say, they bring in Brandon Cooks. Is Brandon Cooks going to save this offense? Looking at the schedule, absolutely not. I don't believe he will. Uh, matter of fact, if if a receiver on your fantasy team is traded to Green Bay, you need to put your big boy salesman pants on, and you know, saleswoman pants on, and you need to go to your league mates and go, look, Look at this, Brandon Cooks with Aaron Rodgers, baby! I'm all and then sell, 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 sell because it's not looking good. They got a good matchup in Week Nine, but after that, it's kind of like hit or miss. But they got some really, really tough ones uh, on the schedule, and then again, they got Buffalo this Sunday night. Buffalo has been a nightmare; they've been one of the toughest pass defenses in all of football, and it's not going to change this weekend. Aaron Rodgers is not going to go into Buffalo in 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 and put up anything against this Buffalo team, in my opinion. So the Packers days are numbered. If you got AJ Dillon, it's really tough for you. I don't know if you're going to really be able to sell him for much. I'd certainly try. The effort is definitely worth it. Uh, But yeah, these Packers assets in seasonal formats, eh, not, not good. Just, just not good, not good at all. So, in summation, in summary here, it's going to wrap up the segment. So I just want to talk about real quick as an overview. Use these rest-of-season schedules, these metrics here, the DVOA like I did, or EPA per play like TJ Hernandez did, and just try to map out what you're looking at going forward because now we are in the crucial, crucial matchups in seasonal leagues where – you might be vying for a playoff spot and these next couple weeks are massive. You may be trying to hold on to the first round bye, but boom, you're losing players each week for buy or you lost a Jamar Chase for a few weeks and now you're kind of reeling around. So now this is your chance to look ahead and see what's on the schedule for these teams and grab a player that, you know may not come at a crazy value. If you can get yourself an Isaiah McKenzie, he might be on your waiver wire in the shallower leagues, or if you can get him via trade cheaper. Uh, those are the guys that all of a sudden can, can start scoring in bunches in these next few weeks and absolutely propel you to you know that first-round buy or even into the playoffs at all. And if you're looking like a straight bum, your team's a bunch of losers, a bunch of nobodies, you got nothing to lose. You know, you're gonna look at the schedule here. You're gonna look at who who looks good for us this season, who doesn't, and just try to capitalize. Try to get these guys in now to get you these wins while it still counts. Because when you're an out, when you're officially out, when you're for for rails for out, for real for reals out, yeah, it's a little too late. Now's the time to jump on it. And I hope everyone liked this exercise. I will hopefully do it again when we get closer to playoffs and look at the playoff schedule. This is really more of a an overview of the next you know six or so weeks. Uh, because like I said, these are the crucial matchups that's gonna propel you towards the playoffs or keep you in the playoffs or lock you into the bye or whatever your format is. So we'll go back and we'll do this again if you guys like it. Uh right before the the the, the the, uh, the, the playoffs so you can kind of maneuver at, uh and, and take advantage of the playoff schedule in particular because the deadlines will come gone in your league so you won't be able to make trades but pickups may happen you know we'll, we'll format it to, to a way that absolutely helps you guys and girls win your fantasy leagues in the playoffs so we'll, we'll do something like this again later in the season I hope you guys like it but we're, again we're going to keep this train rolling baby and we're going to talk about the bargain bin players for week These are the people, these are the players that you can either find on your waiver wire or maybe use cheap options in DFS. Like I say every week, this is not a DFS show. Definitely go to the Big Tail, but definitely check out StackFest or the PropCast. Check out the DFS shows that we have on this network because they are great, and the ones that we work with, Roto Grinders is also great. So check those options out for your true, true DFS breakdowns. But I do like the list of prices because it's a good uh, opportunity to sign one of these guys in the a, a lineup here too. And if you win money, <laughs> come find your boy. Boy likes kickbacks, obviously. So we go position by position one guy that's either you know 50% rostered or around 50% and then one guy that's pretty much universally rostered that's kind of how I like to do this year but we're going to tackle the quarterbacks and both guys are pretty much universally unrostered so There are good options if you are in a pickle, especially in your two QB super flexes. If you're you're missing a a Pat Mahomes or Justin Herbert, these are guys you could probably find sitting out there vying for a fantasy football job, and you can pick them up on the low. The first guy I'm going to talk about is the red rifle, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is taking on the Las Vegas Raiders at home. He's about 85 percent. Um, available in sleeper formats. He's 5,500 on DraftKings and 7,100 uh, on FanDuel. Playerprofile.com has him at quarterback 18. Got him slightly higher at quarterback 14. And here's why. The over-under of 50 points in the dome in Nolens, where I was last week. Looks to be a potential juicy matchup to exploit for fantasy purposes, and New Orleans are home point dogs. I know it's only a point and a half, but you know if you factor in the home three points, it's really like a four four and a half point game. So we are saying that they are home dogs, which is great for your fantasy guys. And in Week Seven, Andy Dalton on Thursday Night Football, he had 361 passing yards, four touchdowns, and 29.5 fantasy points. He also had three picks. It was part of one of the most iconic videos of the season where he's just kind of like disheveled. Ugh, and the guy's doing an incredible front flip in the background as he scores a touchdown. But because this team's not great, because they're going against a good offense and Vegas projects uh, there'd be a lot of scoring, he could get this garbage time again. He's shown that he's okay dumping the ball off to Alvin Kamara. So that's great. He's looking like a decent fantasy option this week. And in- Here's some more reasons why I think he's a great bargain bin option this week. New Orleans is the seventh fastest pace of play, uh, which is great given the shootout potential. The uh, Las Vegas Raiders are of a 4.99 QB points allowed over the league. That's the fourth best. And uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are 30th in pass DVOA. Shout out to football outsiders he has 8.5 air yards per attempt that's 10th best amongst qualified quarterbacks and he has a 0.48 fantasy points per dropback. that's top 11 in the league so he is fairly efficient given his his you know he hasn't played his sample size isn't big but in that sample size it's getting bigger and he has shown to be pretty efficient he's also shown to be pretty damn accurate he's got a 7.9 accuracy rating that's top 10 an 8.4 accuracy rating in the red zone that's top four and a 6.7 deep ball accuracy which is top five so he's getting the ball where it needs to be and this is also an endorsement for chris olave Chris Olave has, I don't know, a gajillion air yards. And if Andy Dalton can just dial in, throwing some accurate ones, boom, we're looking for a big week. And a big touchdown also helps the Red Rifle. So Andy Dalton, if he's available and you're desperate, I think that is probably my favorite option this week. The next guy I'm going to talk about, Davis Mills. He's actually rostered in more leagues than Andy Dalton at 17% on Sleeper. DraftKings, he's 5,200 and 6,500 on FanDuel. Uh, play a com's week eight rankings has him as quarterback 28. I have him at quarterback 21. The over-under of 40 and a half is not super exciting, but uh at least it's not the lowest on the slate. So you gotta take the positives we so can get the positives. And Houston are at home, and they are home dogs by three points. Uh divisional foes do present some type of, I do get a little. There is some red flags there in the division because it's going to be muddy. It can get kind of ah, blah, boring, which I hate for fantasy. But either way, let's dive into why I like Davis Mills. The Tennessee Titans are 17th in past EVOA, and it is the second most advantageous matchup for quarterbacks, according to playerprofile.com. Davis Mills has 12 money throws. That's number six in the league, and he has a 50% deep ball completion. That's also number six in the league, so he's pretty good in those metrics. The big play potential, given uh, Tennessee's poor secondary, is what I really like. And Cooks, if he plays, has a favorable matchup against Terrace Marshall. Uh, Terrace Marshall is not super good. He's not ranked high in Cody's rankings. And if if Cooks plays, he's going to match up against Mitchell. And that's good because Davis Mills has a 59.4% completion percentage versus man. So he can get the ball to Cooks in that man coverage. Um, he is coming off the best game of the season with 19.1 fantasy points. So he's riding that momentum train. And I do have to give a disclaimer. I do. If cooks is ruled out because of the trade stuff, uh, I would probably suggesting pivot off of Davis mills. I just, without Nico Collins, without Brandon cooks, I mean, are we going to trust Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett, um, I do feel less confident in Davis Mills if there's no Brandon Cooks. So some maybe some pivots that you could you can make on the fly here going into Sunday's matchup is a Sam Ellinger, who's a 19th in player profiles ranks and Daniel Jones who's a just outside of the top 20 option who's shown great rushing ability. So those are the two guys that I'd probably pivot to. Uh but if Brandon Cooks is out, there's now a discussion for for uh, Brevin Jordan uh, he's not on, gonna, he's not one of the bargain bin tight ends I'm going to talk about. So I just want to mention him briefly that he could absolutely be an option. He's, I think, five percent rostered, if I remember correctly. So he'll be out there. Uh, let's keep it moving to the running backs. And I'm going to introduce something I haven't introduced so far in the game plan. It's a little bit fun, but we'll get into it. First running back I'd like to talk about, Chase Edmonds, huh? What. Chase Edmonds, we're done with this guy. And yeah, yeah, I guess we are. And that's why he's uh, you know, he's available in 50% of leagues. But he is at Detroit. He's 5,100 on DraftKings, 5,700 on FanDuel. playerprofile.com has as him as running back 41. I'm not far off. I got him at running back 38. The over-under of 51.5 is very good in Miami. Our road favorites by almost four points, three and a half points. Um, and basically why, if you're desperate, this is a desperation play no ifs, ands, uh, uh, if and or buts about it. This is desperate times. If you're getting killed by injuries and bye weeks maybe it's a combination of both that's just so damn ugly. This is someone you could turn to. Why? Why would you do that when Raheem Moser has been so good? Well, if you've played fantasy football for as long as I have, or maybe not even as long as I have, just for a few years, you know Raheem Moser is 30 and can never stay healthy. So that injury history could rear its ugly head in the dome, in detroit and all of a sudden chase edmonds is getting a lot of looks and earlier in the season he was getting high value touches so i know he's got the drops uh the pod father talked about it this week and it was a great point that drops really don't matter for studs but they certainly matter for fringe guys who loses that can lose their role because of it and i would imagine this helped him uh it made the coach's decisions easier because he had these drops but Having said that, he has had three games this year with 10-plus fantasy points. And I will admit there's not really much to get excited about in his performance profile, but he's a cheap piece of a possible shootout in Week 8. And Detroit, their defense smells. It stinks. It's not good. It doesn't smell good at all. It's awful. It's just downright poor. 31st in total DVOA as a unit and 29th in rush DVOA. So if Moser gets hurt early, Chase Edmonds might get a lot of touches, and he could eat. In short, in shorthand. So, if you're desperate, Chase Edmonds is not a terrible option. Another option at running back is James Cook. Huh? Again, what are you doing, Mr. Q? Why are you telling me to play these certified bumps? Well, it's because they're available. He's only rostered in 32% of leagues. I do not have his DK in FanDuel because he's not in the main slate. He's uh, on Sunday Night Football. Both PlayProFile.com and myself have them at running back 48. So a top 50 play. The over-under of 47.5 is noise. And Buffalo are <laughs> laughable with their they're they're so favored. They're 11 points favored at home that, hmm, could they end up playing backups? We'll get into it in a second. Green Bay, they are 31st in rush DVA, so they stink at stopping the run. And I mentioned something that I was going to introduce today that I haven't yet so far on the game plan, and that's something I like to call bro science. There's analytics, there's you know deep dives, there's metrics, which I love all of them. I do. I use them all. Like I said, the data now tool. get it today because it's fantastic, and the metrics are super useful. But sometimes you gotta you gotta go bro science, and I'm gonna do that here today. Buffalo. This is so basically bro science is. A fun way of saying things I can't measure, quantify, or back up, but things I can just strictly believe and say. So, Buffalo, they're going to want to see what they have in the rookie before Tuesday's deadline, right? They've been rumored to be sniffing around Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt. Uh, There were some early rumors that they were potentially exploring a Christian McCaffrey trade. Even though they didn't get to the final stages, they were still rumored to have had interest. So if they're going to look to bolster up the running back position, maybe they want to see what they have in their second-round pick. Remember, James Cook was the third running back off the board. Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, then James Cook. So they might want to see what they have in this rookie before ponying up for another running back. And if Buffalo straight dog walks the pack on Sunday Night Football, then it sets up a perfect scenario for Cook to basically get an in-season tryout. So again you'd have to be desperate this is probably even a more of a flex play than it is a RB2 play but some teams are really hard off right now they're down bad down super bad which is a great movie by the way so if you're super desperate at the running back position or maybe even flex James Cook sitting out there Grab them because, given these situations, given a potential trial, given to see what a, you know, maybe Buff. I think it's pretty plausible that Buffalo wants to see what they have in a second-round rookie uh, draft pick here. So James Cook, fire him up. Not, Not with confidence, but it could work out for in your favor. Let's keep it going, baby, and talk about a couple wide receivers. First guy I want to talk about, we've mentioned him one time on the show, and I think he was a bad call by the refs away from scoring. So he has been a good feature on the show in the past, and that's Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's 38% rostered on Sleeper. I do not have his uh, DFS prices because he's not on the main slate. He's playing Monday Night Football. Playaprofile.com and myself have him at wide receiver 33 Super highly rated for not highly rostered. That's what we love on the game plan when we are bargain bin shopping. The over under 45 points is pretty positive. I like that. And of course, the way Joe Burrow's playing that 45 can be blown past considering he's just chucking the rock all over the place. I would imagine that this comes down a tad. I'm actually going to go real quick to check out the uh, player profiler edge, another tool that you just simply can use. That's great for for betting and it's great for fantasy because you can check out the over unders, you can check out the lines and how they move throughout the week, and that's what I'm doing right here, right now, live on the air. And that is uh, over under has come down to forty six. Makes sense with the oh, actually going up from forty six. Okay, all right, so that's more encouraging. I thought it would go down with Jamar Chase's injury. Fact that it went up is super super encouraging. So I love that. All right, so we got the home dog narrative, right? They got they're they're getting three at home against the the Bengals. And Cincinnati does have a tough matchup for wide receivers, so it's not great. But he is projected to face off against Eli Apple, and Eli Apple has become basically a joke. People, he's a punchline, people just keep making fun of him and then they go out and you know kill him on the field. So I like that. He's actually cornerback 72 and Cody Carpentier's cornerback ranks, so he doesn't like him. And the league laughs at him. So Donovan Peoples-Jones can absolutely eat his lunch. Believe it or not, over the last four games, DPJ has averaged 11 fantasy points. Pretty good. And what I do like about this guy when you go and bargain bin shopping and you're looking for something to sink your teeth into, Peoples-Jones is a YOLO ball specials. When it's chucked up, my man can go get it. He's got a 76.9% contested catch rate. That's number 11 on the season absolutely great love to see it and you know here's some more bro science for you people you get final say i personally love it when you go into a fantasy matchup and you got a guy on monday Night football your your opponent has used up all his his players there ain't another minute to be spared on his side you're down a few points and all of a sudden you're thinking you're down you're out you're about to lose and you look at your roster <gasps> There's Donovan Peoples-Jones, and you got the song playing by the Foo Fighters. There goes my hero. Watch him as he scores. Fantasy points, and I win on Monday Night Football. That's what I'm talking about. Final say. Gotta love it. Let's move on to another guy, and I wore this jersey because I love Stefan Diggs, but I'm kind of realizing that I also really like the Buffalo Bills this week. Isaiah McKenzie, I mentioned him earlier as a trade target. Well, I'm also going to mention him as a bargain bin option. He's rostered in 41% of fan do, uh, uh, sleeper leagues. Do not have his prices. Again, I'm sorry. This isn't a DFS show, but he's not in the main slate. PLAProfile.com has him as wide receiver 39. I got him a little bit higher at wide receiver 34. The over-under of 47.5 in the home home favorites of 11, by 11 points that I mentioned when I was talking about James Cook is still as juicy then as it is now. Green Bay is 11th in past DVOA, uh, 17th in wide receiver points allowed, but Jair Alexander projects to go against my man Stefan Diggs. So, Who does that leave for Isaiah Mack? Well, he's projected to face off against Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes is a pretty good corner. He's not bad. I believe Cody has him at 25 in his ranking, so he's not terrible. But he is 76th amongst qualified cornerbacks in coverage rating. And what do I like about that? Isaiah McKenzie gets 2.39 fantasy points per target versus man coverage. That's 12th best amongst qualified wide receivers. So if Josh Allen, who we all know is that dog, you know maybe he doesn't get the looks of Stephon that he normally does. Maybe he wants to dial it back, go another route. They're coming out of a bye, so they have a very very strong game plan theoretically for the Green Bay Packers in Sunday football. So why not exploit somebody like uh, Eric Stokes, who isn't great at covering, and Isaiah McKenzie is good at getting open against man coverage and scoring fantasy points against man coverage. And believe it or not. Isaiah McKenzie has a very sneaky 10.4 fantasy points per game. His expected number is right around then, so he's not just super touchdown dependent, just getting lucky or anything like that. He's being efficient. He's getting it done. Um, he busted it against the Chiefs, but everyone pretty much busted against the Chiefs. We thought that was going to be a bonanza, and it was anything but. Last thing that I like about Isaiah McKenzie, he's getting 1.99 fantasy points per target, period. So he's great against man, but he's also just great when he gets, a, he gets chances when Allen throws the ball his way. That's a top 20 metric in football, and that's good to see. And you just got to love getting a piece of Josh Allen, right? Stephon Diggs, uh, Gabe Davis, Josh Allen, they're expensive assets. You can't just easily get into that and grab a share for Sunday Night Football, although I wish I could, and I do have him in Scott Fishbowl, which I do need a rebound. I brought up Scott Fishbowl for the first time ever on the show and had an absolute terrible week. So this will probably be the last time that I talk about my Scott Fishbowl team because apparently it's bad luck. Unless I'm good, then I'm talking about him every week. So yeah, I want a piece of this Josh Allen pie. I want a piece of, of this offense. And as Isaiah McKenzie is the cheapest way to do that. He's only rostered in about 40% of leagues. Let's move on to the tight end position. I mention this every single week because it's so important. Tight end streaming is a viable strategy that works for a lot of teams because they're just not a lot of great tight ends that you're consistently playing and feeling good and they're reliable. So the tight end streamer is very important. That's why I like to make sure I drive that home every single week before I dive into the bargain bin for tight ends. First guy I want to talk about is Irv Smith versus the Arizona Cardinals. He's 53% roster, so technically I'm cheating, but again, it's my show. I do what I want. He's 3,500 on DraftKings, 5,000 on FanDuel, Playerprofile.com as Profile.com tight end 13. I got them at tight end 11, so we're pretty lockstep as a top 15 option here. The over-under of 49 is, I love it, I love it. We all love 50-point over-under, so when you hover around that mark, let's go. Let's fire it up. Minnesota are home favorites by 3.5 points. So Vegas doesn't think it's going to be a dog walking, but they do believe there's going to be points. So that's a matchup that I like to see. Speaking of dream matchups, Arizona is the dream matchup for tight ends. They are 27th in past DVOA as a unit, and they give up 12.82 tight end points per game. That's the best matchup that we have here on playerprofiler.com. He's seeing a 13.8% target share and a 10.1% air yard share, and he's gotten five red zone targets. Now, those five red zone targets is a top 10 tight end metric in football. It's good to see. So he's getting the ball when it matters most for tight ends because we mention it all the time. A touchdown from your tight end can make you weak. He can put you in the top 15, can get you by when you're not be able to use your Travis Kelsey or what's becoming, you know, Gerald Everett's been a pretty good tight end. So he's there on by. You might need somebody. Irv Smith could be that guy that absolutely comes through with you in a big way and has put up some big weeks uh, in, the, in the so far in 2022. So we like Irv Smith. The next guy I want to talk about, I teased him at the top of the show, is Harrison Bryant just feel like that name, it just deserves a little bit of a, a little pump up, a little usual Harrison Bryant. He's at home versus Cincinnati Bengals. He's 10% rostered, so he's basically available all over the place. Again, I don't got his DFS numbers because it's not on the main site. Sue me. PlayerProfile.com has him at tight end 20. I have him at tight end 17. The over-under I mentioned earlier at 45 and Cleveland being home, dogs is uh, good enough to get excited about. Not 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 you're not salivating over it, but you do think it's good enough that you're not kind of deterring from this matchup. Cincinnati is a top 10 uh, matchup for tight ends, which is great. We love that. And Najoku was sixth in targets amongst the tight end position. So, what does that tell you? It Tells you that the Cleveland offense does like to throw to its tight end. Um and this is gating back a couple years now, but Harrison Bryant has a tight end one finish uh on in his career. So, It took two touchdowns, but he could get two touchdowns. So what I'm trying to say is he's athletic enough. He's good enough. This offense works well enough for tight ends. That is a tight end one week possible. Yeah. Is it plausible? No, probably not. But the fact that he has it on a resume is not a bad thing. He has shown to be good. And even last year, there was a stretch towards the end of the year where he was averaging just around seven to eight fantasy points. Uh, And at the tight end position, you'll take it because that position sucks his player comp on playerprofile.com is Hunter Henry. And I like that comp because Hunter Henry is just a good red zone, big target who can kind of just not be super high volume, but be uh, effective enough to maybe score, get a couple catches, handful of yards and all of a sudden you're looking at tight end A on the week. That's why I like Harrison Bryant. So, To summarize, the bargain bin players for this week at quarterback, we have Andy Dalton versus the Las Vegas Raiders, Davis Mills versus the Tennessee Titans, but we are looking at a pivot if Brandon Cooks is out. Chase Edmonds at Detroit, James Cook home against the Green Bay Packers. Sorry, I didn't take a minute. I almost threw up saying, you know, putting out, potentially using Chase Edmonds and James Cook. Sorry, but it just was a reflex. Darvin Peoples-Jones and Isaiah McKenzie at wide receiver. And Irv Smith and Harrison Bryan. Harrison Bryan at tight end. So that's going to wrap up the bargain bin section. Before I get into the homework, let me talk to you folks about underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is killing it with their over-under pick games. They have fantastic ba- best ball drafts. And everything else that they do is just top-notch. It's a great app for fantasy football. And on fantasy, underdog fantasy, you can actually do pick them insurance, which is a great new thing. I mean, if you hit four of your five props, you can still win some money. You don't need to go be absolutely perfect to win. So that is a feature that on underdog fantasy just sets them uh, apart for most. Uh, and this week, what am I going to be doing? Am I picking props? Again, this isn't a prop show, but i got a few for you. I'm going to be targeting the high-paced, hopefully high-scoring, Miami at Detroit. Matchup, so I'm going over uh, Jalen Waddle and online round receiving yards, they're both around 65. I'm gonna go over there, then I'm gonna go ahead and sprinkle sprinkle a little DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall, they're over receiving yard props. Terrace Marshall, I think it was 30 something, and DJ Moore's in the 60s. Both of them, I'm going over against the soft Atlanta Falcons defense. And the cherry on top, give me Kenneth Walker over. Rushing yards and receiving total is right around 100. I believe last time I checked it was 100.1. My man had 161 rushing yards last week. He's going over. I'm going five five. I'm not going to need the insurance, but the fact that it's there is awesome. And let me tell you something: if your team stinks, you haven't been watching the game plan. You couldn't dig yourself out of the hole. Your team's done. This is a great way to spice up your football watching. It's a way to stay in fantasy when your teams aren't backing you up. And that's not all. If you use the promo code Underworld, you can get a deposit match up to 100 Beanos, baby. That's great. You want to go ahead? You want to bet? You want to bet a lot? Well, use that promo code Underworld and get a deposit match up to $100. So let's do the homework assignment. Each week, I like to give a homework assignment. So you can take the stuff we talk about today and put it in practice. Use it at home. Get ready. Get yourself a little bit better at fantasy team building. And this week, we are practicing the art of patience, and we are going to take advantage of the NFL schedule. So we're going to put to use what we learned today. It doesn't matter if you need a quarterback, a running back, or a wide receiver. You're going to watch the Dallas Cowboys versus uh, Chicago Bears game. And what we're going to do, and I'm sorry to say this, Bears fans, we are going to hope that the Chicago Bears get slapped. We want the Cowboys to kick the shit out of them, to be quite frank. Now, listen, Bears fans, I'm not trying to diss your squad, not at all. But what that's going to do is present a good chance to buy some of these players because if this offense sputters, that will lower the price of guys like Justin Fields, Montgomery, or Khalil Herbert, even Darrell Mooney. Then, after the ass whooping, hopefully, you swoop in and you buy whatever position you need. So, the homework assignment, watch the game. Hope the Bears get slapped. Then on Monday or Tuesday, start trying to buy into some of these players. Fields, Montgomery, Herbert, Mooney, those are the guys you want because after they played them boys, Chicago gets a three-game soft serve schedule. They play Miami, Detroit, and Atlanta. Now, according to total defense DVOAs, Miami is 20th. Not good. Detroit is 31st. Really not good. And Atlanta is the 32nd. Ranked total in total DVA. Very, very not good. Juicy matchups, Galore, over the next three weeks. So watch. Hope that the value goes down. Now, if you're not a if you you can't stomach that, that's fine. Swoop in now. Swoop in now and get these guys. And just don't start them this week. Cause they are Dallas' defense is game. Their defense is very, very good. Uh Ian Hardwitz and and Podfell talked about it on the Mind of Mansion this week, how good that defense is. Uh so you're definitely gonna not be super excited to play them this week. But after that, the next three games are very, very, very juicy. We love to see that. So given that is the case, we're going to do that. That's what you're going to do for homework. We're going to uh, watch the game, hope they get beat, and then get the players because they're going to go off over the following three weeks. So before I say goodbye to you fine folks, I got my final thought of the week. And this week, it's not a thought at all. It's actually a question. Uh, so I would, the question that I would like to ask all of you fine listeners, do you believe in good juju for your fantasy teams? Do you believe in getting that, that mojo going for your fantasy teams? Or you, do you think it's completely just robotic? Do you, get, do you bring in the outside factors, the bro science, if you will? Do you factor that into your squads at all? And another question, a bonus question, is have you ever tried or wanted to acquire a player that you just believe brings good mojo to your team? I'll give you an example. Two years ago, I drafted James Robinson. He was really good. Kept him last year. Uh, and this year, I didn't keep him in, in my long-running home league, my favorite home league, the uh, Golden Pony fantasy football experience. I didn't get him, and it just I I didn't keep him. And I haven't had him all year, and it's made me just crazy. I feel like my team is mediocre because I don't got my guy, my boy, James Robinson. So I'm going out, and I'm getting him. And I know people don't like him. Uh, he just got traded to the Jets for a, a bag of chips. And maybe rightfully so. A lot of his metrics aren't very encouraging. But the fact that he's just my good juju guy, that's the only metric I'm buying into. And I'm going to get him. We'll go get him. So that's my question to you. Do you guys believe in good juju for fantasy squads? And have you ever tried to get players that you think bring that mojo to your team? So you can leave your opinion in the comments or send it to me on Twitter. Or if you're part of the the player profile Discord, hit me up there and tell me what you think. I'd love to hear uh, everyone's answer. And like I said, if you're not part of the Player profile Discord, you got to get in there. It's fantastic. We're talking fantasy football all day long. All your favorites from Player Profiler are there chatting it up about fantasy football. What could be better than that? So that is my final thought, or should I say question, and that's the end of Episode 8. Please subscribe to Player Profiler's YouTube channel if you're not already, and smash, 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 smash that like button. Get those likes up, up. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at MattyKewoom, and you can check out my articles and all the other fantastic articles that come out on PlayerProfiler.com. Keep game planning, and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.